Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. We're hanging in the Fish House. We're with Joel Nelson, and we're going to talk some fishing today, and yeah. specifically dead sticking. Right. Joel, just give us, what is dead sticking? Yeah, dead sticking to me is just a stationary way of fishing where we're using a rod similar to this one. It's got a little bit more forgiveness in the tip. And in and amongst all of these other stationary fishing methods, it's a way that I've found myself fishing more and more and more of year after year. So the idea is that this thing hangs, you know, preferably in a rod holder of some sort, right? You got this thing going right here. And you're watching a free swimming minnow. Mm -hmm. So the minnow's moving that tip, moving that tip. And then if a walleye or something like that hits, you see it and then the fish has the ability to let that thing load up and the rod holder will tip a little bit and the fish can actually take it and anywhere in your house, you get to visually observe everything that's going down. You know, I'd like to go through all of these and talk about their strong suits, but at the end of the day, like I said, I keep using this and coming back to this one after the other. Mm-hmm. Time after time. So when you're dead sticking, really what you're meaning is that you're not you're not touching that rod. So maybe right. you're jigging somewhere else, jigging in another hole. Yes. And then you're just using your dead stick as kind of your, your second line. Right. Absolutely. I <laughs> I use it as a one-two combination for walleyes and crappies. Uh, probably more than I'll ever give it credit for. It's always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the best part is, is you know, you got these holes stacked tight together. You're jigging, jigging pretty aggressively. A lot of times I got my electronics on. I'm just trying to draw a fish in. Right. Just trying to bring a fish into my general area. Sometimes I look over and that dead stick's already buried. Right. You know, they don't even come in and check out my bait. On the way there, they found something stationary even better. I'd say what's probably even more common, though, is that I'm jigging really aggressively in one hole. Got something going. I see a fish play peekaboo with me right in the outside of the edges of the cone. It kind of flickers in, flickers out on the sonar. Gonzo, where did it go? Again, dead rods already buried. It yeah. just it happens so often that a jigging approach is too aggressive for them, and they want something live bait related. But a lot of times, that jigging approach is really what brings those fish in. Yeah, and, and, the, and it's kind of like you say, it's really it's it's a one-two punch, and yeah. that that is bringing those fish in, especially if you're fishing in a wheelhouse or maybe something that's more stationary where you want to bring fish to you, and then they may decide, hey, I like this minnow better. Totally. When you're in a wheelhouse, I'm fishing quite often a little bit differently than I am out on the open ice or in a portable. I, as, as, as important as this dead stick is, it makes the jigging approach, kind of to your point, even more important. I'm fishing louder, prouder baits all the time. I'm mm-hmm. fishing ripping wraps and blade baits and super loud, aggressive baits. I call it ringing the dinner bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids are very aware that somebody always has to be ringing the dinner bell. I throw them a rod. I say, go fish on the other end of the house. Ring the dinner bell. I don't care what hole in here you're fishing, but somebody, I want them trying to attract fish. And a lot of times in, when we're fishing in Minnesota or northern Wisconsin, we think of walleye as really a bottom-relating fish. But when you're doing this, a lot of times it helps to be jigging up high yeah. so that they can see from a long way and then have your dead stick down low. Absolutely. I think a lot of people forget the amount of light that's coming down from the top of the ice. 
And if a fish is going to silhouette that bait, if it's coming from a ways off, if it's anywhere near the bottom, it blends in kind of with the background, with the horizon view that they're looking at. When you drop a, uh, a vertical, you know, a camera down and you look horizontally across, mm -hmm. uh, you, you can see it, right? But if you were to point that camera up at a 45 from the bottom up, kind of like a fish's perspective, mm -hmm. you'll see that once baits get a couple feet off the bottom, they can actually spot them up against the open space. And if you're shallow enough, sometimes even up against the bottom of the ice, way easier. So for those really aggressive, loud and proud baits, yeah, you don't want to be right on the bottom. Sure. So you talked rod. Yeah. What else do you have here to show us? You know, uh, it's a couple other options, and they're more traditional options. And even though I am favoring the dead stick more and more these days, mm -hmm. um, there are times where the other ones are just going to be superior. And a rattle reel uh, inside the house, I favor when the bite's pretty good. And I can't be watching all the rods at once. Maybe I'm catching them jigging. I'm helping my kids unhook a fish. Uh, you know, there's that last 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And if you're in a decent spot, it's, there's fish on the screen. It's chaos, man. Mm -hmm. So that's when a rattle reel is self-sufficient. I don't have to mess with it. Life's pretty good. Um, the same is true kind of with these, you know, with a tip-up, setting it outside. Now, the cool part about a tip-up is is that I'm actually fishing tip-ups quite a bit just to cover area. Sure. Right? I mean, we want to, if I'm on a break and I'm always curious about what's on the other end of it or what's up shallow or what's up deeper. And so I like setting these things out if for nothing else it's just an indicator. Even if it's a minnow trip or a fish comes, grabs it, lets it go, and I lose it, I don't really care. Yep. This thing is just, it's kind of like extra intel out there. But, you know, we could talk a little bit too. I use these out on the open ice even, okay. not, not just in the house. Sure. Yeah, so. How do you use it out on the open ice? You know, it's funny, almost in the same way that I do a tip-up. Okay. <laughs> more and more, um, I'm starting to just get the simple, cheap, little red or green rod holders and mm -hmm. setting these things all over the ice. And what I've learned fishing Mille Lacs and some home waters and a couple others for walleyes is that tip-ups uh, freeze up, right? You're always going to have issues with freeze up. Uh, sometimes the trigger, even when you set it very lightly, it's hard for a fish to pull. Sometimes a line gets looped on the under spool when you set it down in the ice. There's all kinds of ways in which this mechanism could potentially fail you. Mm -hmm. um, the nice part about this is as long as you see that tip shaking from the minnow, you know that you're ready to roll. And I feel like I get way more information from this. So when I set these things out on the open ice, I am seeing bites that this thing never shows me because this thing's an all or nothing approach. The flag flies or it stays buttoned and mm -hmm. I don't learn from it. Um, so often I found on Mille Lacs, we were having fish that would come up and just grab it. And I'd literally go, I watched this thing go down like that, and the fish would sit there 10, 15 seconds or more, just, you know, kind of munching on it, especially when you use bigger baits. Mm -hmm. They just sit there and kind of chew that sucker up. So these dead rods on the open ice, I, I think it's data. You're collecting data. Yeah, and it really reminds me of one of my favorite things to do in the summer is at our cabin. We tend to have catfish moving in the evening. Yeah. And we set these rods up and put them just in the poles in the dock. Yeah. And you just sit back and relax and just wait for a rod to go like that. When Absolutely. It does, the fun begins, you know? Well, and I think of two shallow water scenarios. Um, 
you know, early ice, anywhere you're fishing, especially a place like Mille Lacs, when it's ultra clear, mm -hmm. you can't be creeping. You can't be running. You, a lot of times, uh, even just going down to one knee, crunching all that snow and ice, if they're in seven feet of water right below you, the movement, the sound, I mean, it travels like crazy down there. So what we were seeing is all of your dead rods, the furthest ones away, mm -hmm. were the only ones going off. And it was by no accident, in my opinion. Sure. Those fish, ultra spooky, did not like that movement. And you even had to be careful once the dead rods went off to kind of shuffle your way up there real nice and easy. You couldn't run up and slide and grab the rod holder. They dropped the bait and they were gone. So the dead rod approach, um, I feel, gives you that data, gives you that information, but also allows you to fish pretty stealthily, and I think they're a little bit more dependable than your average tip-up. Mm -hmm. But why would you use the tip-up over this? What's, what's the situations where the tip-up is the Sure. Deal? When it's really cold, um, this style of tip-up particularly isn't, isn't bad at all because mm -hmm. it's got the styrofoam. It fills, it fills up the ice hole. You can set it there, and it's going to keep you going better and longer in cold, cold weather. Mm -hmm. The other styles of tip-ups, not as good in any cold, so it's really difficult to be able to use them uh, unless it's you know, 20, 25 degrees or warmer. And we just don't see that a lot in the right. northern reaches of the state. So... Um, you know, when it gets really cold, this is a tough situation, too. There's just mm -hmm. no doubt about it. The only thing that is good about this in the cold weather is I, I always tend the set. It still is a somewhat active form of fishing. It's not like I just set this thing out there and forget about it for an hour. Mm -hmm. Typically, I'm coming by every 10 minutes, 15 minutes, giving the bait a pop, maybe dropping uh, your transducer from your sonar just to see kind of how far the bait is off bottom. I like setting the spread and figuring out a couple baits way off bottom, a couple near. I like mixing up different styles of bait, different colors of hooks. Um, it's kind of nice to have these rods already rigged up. And then, hey, uh, the fight, right? I, I right. mean, how can you beat a fight on a rod and reel? Right. So this is really the way to go if you want to just set up a, a rod next to you in the house or if you're going to be fishing out on the water. The tip-ups are going to be the way to go. If you want something where you can sit in the house and look out the window yeah, and, distance, and keep an eye on things, sure. nothing's better than sitting in the house and being all toasty warm and seeing that flag go oh, up and absolutely. The, the fire drill of everybody running out of the house to see who can win the race. Yeah, that, so. that's awesome. I, you know, I, I feel too when you're fighting them on these rods, like I can land a bigger fish. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't care how much experience you have hand over hand. Um, this is just going to absorb you know, the cushion and cushion the, the sure. blows of big head shakes. You got to drag on the reel typically. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I feel like more and more anglers should be doing this and probably will be doing this as dead stick rods get better and better. And, uh, you know, there's still a place definitely for all these, like we talked about, but um, looking forward to adding a few more of these to the arsenal. And when you're doing this out on the open water and even, even with this setup, yeah, you're not, using it with like an automatic hook setter you're just talking you're just putting like a regular old 299 yeah. kind of rod holder yeah. out in the water that's the that's the beauty of it i mean um you can have really nice rods like that that's a fairly expensive rod but but the whole the whole rest of the setup is pretty cheap and easy and then this will go in the house it'll go outside you can put it wherever you want and, uh, you know, there's new reels coming out on the market. Okuma's got a new one. I can't remember the other manufacturer that does, but they're bait feeder reels. Mm -hmm. 
that literally allow that spool, to, you just pull line off that spool nice and smoothly. When we're doing it, we open the bale if you don't have a bait feeder reel and just let them peel line out as okay. they want to. Um, but then you have to, you know, worry about your drag before you go to set the hook. The cool part about the bait feeder setup is the line just pulls evenly out of the reel. You get up to the hole after the fish is running, click that bait feeder situation off, just drill them. Just, just give it to them. Yeah. So I, I see the technology moving that way. On the rod side of things, I see the reels technology moving that way. Um, yeah, if, if you're not doing it, I think you should try it. What do you have at the end of the line? What are you using for, for bait, hooks, those types of things? You know, great question. I, uh, I, like, I like small trebles. Um, you know, where legal, I think it's a great way to go. Uh, you might have to dress it up with a little blade to make it a lure, or this glow resin situation here. Um, but I prefer to take one of these smaller trebles or a single hook with a little bit of color and flash. You like adding a little bit of color and flash to the situation. And just burying that in, in a larger than average minnow. I think, I think a lot of anglers are used to using fatheads so often for walleyes. And, and they can be great, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. um, shiners, though they're a pain to keep alive, they, they die when you look at them the wrong way, um, are awesome bait, especially when they're the bigger, hardier ones. But small sucker minnows work awesome for walleyes. And people, for whatever reason, only, you know, they're called light northern. Light northern tip-up minnows, you know, mm -hmm. when you go and you go to buy them in the bait shop. But I use those for walleyes all the time. Yeah. And, man, I got no problem hooking up a great big, great big sucker minnow onto one of these dead rods and just letting it go. And after a while, you get pretty good at figuring out what's the sucker and what's the walleye. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like a walleye, when a walleye landed, it, you know, the sucker's twitching or whatever, you know, you, you see their quick twitches. When a walleye hits it, it'll go boom, and it'll just stop the whole the whole world shuts down, man, and you know right away. Like you look, and you're like, "Yep, he's got it." Yeah. And sometimes, like I said, you can even see them like just mashing. Yeah. On that big sucker, I, I think they're trying to kill it mm -hmm. in place before they take it off with sure. it and try to digest it. So. I think that big bait thing—that's something that a, a lot of people are really afraid to do. And I was just out in Lake Erie this fall, huh. and like they're catching 20-inch walleyes with like 10-inch alewives <laughs> in them. I mean, like they will eat something just about as big as oh, they are it's amazing yeah um, what these walleyes will go after so you know like a five inch sucker minnow is really nothing to them i can think of all kinds of times where we were fishing for flathead catfish on the mississippi river and we're hooking eight nine ten pound walleyes on big old bullheads or huge creek chubs and you know in the fall i've like i've lindy rigged uh live bait rigged with big chubs and caught 14 15 inch walleyes like you yeah. said they amazing how much they can really take on. Sure. Is there anything about dead sticking that I didn't ask you about that you think is important? You know, uh, we covered rods, we covered reels, we covered the holders, um, a little bit about line. You, you want a line that's pliable, but not too pliable. And so I tend to use a little bit heavier test. I think in ice, the trend, our, our line has gotten so good, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get away with four pound test for walleyes, no problem, five pound test, no problem. I'll use something more along the lines of six, seven, eight, especially in a larger sized arbor reel, providing it's good quality line. If it's really stiff, stiff fluorocarbon, that's a little bit too heavy. You have to find this perfect balance. If it's too stiff, it won't handle well, and it's, it'll just be a pain to deal with, right? It'll have heavy memory on the mm -hmm. reel. 
if it's too flimsy, if it's too light or too thin in diameter, you got a bigger chance to throw a loop in something. Um, you have to kind of find that perfect, that perfect medium. And for me, that's six, seven pounds. Six pound test is probably about right for a lot of things. And I use uh, like a six pound floral and it's pretty good stuff and, it, and it's great for jigging too. So you don't have to worry about having just this specialized kind of line. But word of the wise, if you're somebody that loves fishing eight to 10 pound test or you're somebody that goes really micro on walleyes, down the middle is about perfect. Sure. Well, Joel, thanks so much for talking with us today and giving us some insight on dead sticking. And I think for people who like to fish out of hard houses, I mean, I think they're, they're definitely, most guys have one rod in hand and are, are, yeah. are a line or two out there too. So hopefully this is something that's good and valuable to them. And if people are looking for you and more information on you, how do they find you? Uh, www.joelnelsonoutdoors.com. Uh, you can reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, I love answering questions and helping out. So ping me if you need me. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, tuning in today, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.